1: Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gaston. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gaston. Yes, indeed. And I'm
2: back. Been out for a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm sure you've missed me. I have certainly missed you, but I'm glad to be back on this Monday edition of Lifeline, June 19th, 2023. Another auspicious day that the Lord has made, and exceedingly blessed are we to live in the Bay Area again. Welcome to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Jesse Gistan, keeping your company for the next two hours. Um, just ruminating on uh, my time away, uh, I had a phenomenal weekend this weekend. I hope you guys were um, compelled as well to acknowledge the importance of fathers in your life. That's certainly what, uh, what we did. Um, so on uh, on Saturday, we had our local men's meeting at Grace Bible Church in Hayward, and that men's meeting was specifically designed to encourage men to take on a biblical model of masculinity after the example of our Lord Jesus Christ had a great, great turnout, um, just just a massive turnout of men with their sons and their grandsons. I was super happy about that. Had my boys out, my grandsons out as well. Thankful for Ramel for bringing Antonio out and Josue, and we had a great, great time. Just a a, a real blessing. And and, and you ought to know, ladies and gentlemen, um, that 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 male representation is definitely uh, under attack today. Not to say that women aren't as well. That will be part of our uh, topical discussion as we deal with a Maoist. re-education camp model of our um, public school systems that uh, is basically opening up the Pandora's box of a massive pseudo-gender expression. This is nothing new, and it's definitely a planned genderism along with transgenderism that we are facing of a biblical uh, proportion, and we need to understand that in the context of the Old Testament as well as the New. But we'll get to that. So, we had a great time uh, expounding Scripture on this Saturday, you certainly can go to our website, grace-bible.com, to pick up on the Saturday men's meeting. It was deep. It was rich. It was relevant. It was poignant, uh, edifying, Christ-exalting, completely Bible-based. Um, as you know, that us, that is what I am committed to. Sound, expository, Christ-centered, Bible-based, God-exalting, men edifying, men edifying, women edifying in the organic sense. Uh, with the truth of God's word, because that's what we need. Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen, Father, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth, and that's the problem with our culture today. We have gotten away from the word of God, even in our churches, and as a consequence, we are being transformed into the image of the world and not into the image of Christ. But very glad to have had that occur. Then we had a special anointing on Sunday. Uh, and again, I would encourage you to go and watch our Sunday sermon where I had a chance to baptize probably about 12 or 15 men. I don't remember the count, but it was a, a men's only baptism uh, that we wanted to engage in on Father's Day in order to encourage our brothers to uh, dedicate themselves to Christ, rededicate themselves to Christ, and make sure that Jesus was the source and ground and the catalyst to their identity and their mission in the world. So we unpacked scriptures there in our sister Very enthusiastic presence of God's uh, approval for our uh, worship, and uh, the congregation was very helpful in that regard. And yeah, yeah, anytime we are baptizing after having preached the gospel and that the glorious doctrine of baptism, it appears that the spirit of God always shows up to endorse it. And so that is what occurred. If you've never seen that many men be baptized in your life, young men, older men, middle aged men, I mean, young to old, go and watch it at grace-bible.com and have your soul filled With the hope of what really is going to have to take place if we're going to turn this thing around in our uh, country, in our nation, in this crazy, wicked Gotham City state that I live in, uh, we're going to have to have real men rise up, along with real women, to stand for the truth of the gospel. So, yeah, Father's Day um, is a blessing. Men are an endangered species Women are being uh, exalted in a way in which fundamentally they're being deified. This is why you got so many trans women uh, abandoning what it means to be real males and wanting to become females. This is in no honor to women whatsoever. This is a no honor to women whatsoever. The transgenderism is a planned genderism of the left leading to transhumanism, which is an annihilation of the male-female distinction. This is why queer theory is the next, um, uh, if you will, um, darling of the media and the political world. Queer people are going to be the next so-called oppressed group that will... Uh, start to exploit and express themselves because we are moving away from a biblical worldview. This is the apostasy of the church. This is the reprobation of our nation and our world and people don't want to believe the Bible, but the Bible is true anyway. I've raised a question. This is a philosophical one. If a tree falls in the forest just because no one heard it, does it mean that that tree did not fall? The rhetorical answer is of course not. <clears throat> it does not require anyone to witness the falling of that tree for the tree to have fallen because the trees itself bear witness and God who made the trees bear witness. And the angels bear witness, even if men don't want to. The creatures bear witness that live on the trees, by the trees, in the trees, and through the trees. They bear witness of the falling of the trees. And our nation is falling uh, badly these days because we have abandoned God, as I've shared with you so many times before. The nation that forgets God will be turned into into hell. And we've got to somehow right this ship before it becomes uh, too late. So we're, we're going to talk quite a bit about a number of things today, but on my thoughts before we go to break is a proverb and then there is a sort of lengthy commentary that I want to share with you on the topic of becoming stupid. On the topic of becoming stupid. Now the idea of stupidity means that you lose your sense of reasoning. That you, uh, are become bereft of, of, of being able to logically and rationally understand right and wrong and the uh the uh, appropriateness of things, the the reality of things, the the, um, the 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 properness of things. When you and I become stupid, we become unhelpful in difficult times. And and you know what it's like when you meet a stupid person. A stupid person, as the proverb says, the scorner is Proverbs chapter eight verse seven. The one that reproves a scorner, rather than that scorner being corrected, he will get a block to himself. Solomon said, don't reprove people who are in a position of scorning, ridiculing, scoffing at God. And that's where our nation is and and people are today. They're scoffing at the true and the living God in his word. Do not reprove a scoffer because they will fight you. They will oppose you. They hate your truth. And as Solomon goes on to say, reprove not a scorner, lest he will hate you. And uh, and, and, and talk. The, the danger of that assertion is that when you meet people who are irrational, who are given to the pejorative, hostile, open antipathy against God, uh, you, you you have a tendency to want to kind of talk them out of it. This is what happened recently down in Southern California, when a, a massive group of teachers, I mean, uh, parents... Went to a teacher's meeting to let the teachers know they absolutely reject any notion that the teachers can take their children aside from them, teach them things that the parents do not agree, affirm or approve of and do it without their knowledge. Well, the enemies uh, of, of truth, starting with your big wigs way up in the NGO realm, uh, George Soros and others who bankrolled people like Black Lives Matter, Antifa, uh, ran a bunch of their goonies down there and created real havoc in fighting uh, on the streets down in Southern California when a group of parents were uh, at the school wanting to protest what was happening to our kids. It was really pathetic. If you want that present. I'll send it to you, gbchayward at gmail.com, gbchayward at gmail.com, because you won't see it on the news. You won't see on the news that what is happening to parents who are standing up for the truth is what was happening for many, many months when BLM was going through all the cities uh, throughout America and burning them up and fighting with people that was not succumbing to this crazy uh, neo-Marxist woke doctrine, which is now bearing the fruits thereof today with the insanity of stupidity that you and I are dealing with. Well, this is not new. Uh, uh, Bonhoeffer uh, had a a, a very uh, a difficult time himself as he was, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, as he was dealing with that crazy lunatic Hitler in his day who had also propag- propagandized the people and had deceived them en masse. And when we come back from our break, what I'm going to do is read you this brief article by Bonhoeffer concerning Stupidity and how that men and women, as in whole, in mass, as nations, can be stupid. We call that today, we talked about this before last year, mass psychosis, where whole uh, uh, groups of people are simply double speaking the newspeak of the media and not really reasoning from their own minds, being told what to do. This is called propaganda, you guys. Being told what to do and say and are not thinking for themselves and are not realizing that they are not telling truth they are telling untruth and unreal because they are hypnotized by propaganda and Bonhoeffer has something for you and I on that topic when we come back from the break. this is the Monday edition of Lifeline four lines are open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline
1: we'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline.
2: Indeed we are the Time 521. All the lines are open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine 3675329 3675329 on the topic of stupidity. And we all know the term. We all know the appropriate use and meaning of that term and it has to do with someone who does not get it. It has to do with someone who is incapable of participating in a logical conversation around something that is appropriately and necessarily to be understood. And a stupid person, as pejorative as it may sound, is just intellectually and rationally incompetent and therefore incapable of participating in a conversation for the good of truth disclosure and application to our society and this is what God talks about in the book of Romans chapter 1 verses 24 through 28 particularly 26 when he gave them over to a reprobate mind and this war, this is Paul's closing argument that because they did not retain God in their knowledge, because of humanity, because nations like the Roman Empire, and then ultimately Israel in the first century did not want to submit to the rule of God and the word of God, God gave them up. Parodidymai is the Greek verb there for releasing them over to their captors. And um, the Western culture has been captivated by a kind of spiritual darkness seizing the mind of human beings and leading them away from God. We are far, far from God, and this is a spiritual matter. And when that is happening, when men and women lose reasoning, according to Psalm 49, they become like the beast that perishes. What makes a human being distinctly different than their animals is our intellectual capacity and our ability to reason on a moral, ethical, and spiritual level. Animals don't have that. Human beings should, but sometimes we function at such a low ebb of understanding the importance of a moral ethical framework a moral ethical prism and paradigm of judging what is right and wrong You'd swear that we are worse than animals in many ways. And this is when God gives a nation up. This is why Romans one says that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, but became vain in their imagination. And you cannot tell me that we are not dealing with the consequences of vain imagination, almost everywhere in our world expressed in our culture and in our businesses and in our society. You cannot tell me that we are not in real trouble everywhere I go. People see it obviously, but they do not know what it is. They do not know that God has taken his hand off of major segments of the world and have given them over to the dark principalities and powers of wickedness. To exercise those things that God had prohibited in Leviticus 18 through 22, as well as in the whole of Torah, God gave us his laws for our good. He gave us his word for our good. He's called us to love and righteousness, not to hate and wickedness. But what our world does is love to take terms of God, phrases of God, concepts of God, and turn them inside on their head or invert them. Like today, love means just letting people do whatever they want to do, even if it's harming you and harming others. That's not what love is. God said to Israel in the book of Leviticus, you shall not allow your brother to go up and down the street as a talebearer, as a liar, proclaiming falsehood. You shall in Every wise rebuke him for what he is doing because lies harm. We are called not to live by lies. Well, uh, Bonhoeffer, uh, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a Lutheran pastor in the days of Hitler in Germany. And uh, he got arrested for attempting to try to take Hitler out. That's a very complex issue. Uh, many people are wondering about that today. What do you do, pastor, in a culture that's going awry, in a society that's falling apart, where our government is becoming much more fascistic and totalitarian, and the people are becoming much more complicit and compliant? What do you do? Do you just be quiet, you know, stay in your own place, uh, leave it alone? Do you make a false dichotomy and say, you know what, to hell with the world, I'm, I'm hanging with Jesus? The answer is no. The prophets didn't do that. The good men that follow God didn't do that. The prophetic and priestly church never did that. The prophetic church always spoke truth to power. And the priestly church always opened the door for sinners to repent and return to God through a ministry of reconciliation. You don't see that really going on in our world today. Particularly in the West, what you see in our churches is basically a silence. See no, hear no, speak no evil, silence. Uh, which is a compromise of biblical truth. You are to speak the truth in love and tell men and, men and women what's right so that they can get right with God or else your blood, their blood is on your hand. And that's what we're dealing with today. So Bonhoeffer tried to do something about it. He couldn't stand by and let millions and millions of people die. Millions more be deceived by lies that Hitler taught in a brilliant, masterful, uh, PhD-level psychological warfare. And he's raising the question here on stupidity. I quote, in 1943, the Lutheran pastor and member of the German resistance, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was arrested and incarcerated in Tegel prison. There he meditated on the question of why the German people— In spite of their vast educational and cultural and intellectual achievements had fallen so far from reason and morality. That's a great question today. Would you agree with that? Why did they fall so far when they were part of a very rich tradition of intellect and thought and enlightenment? Except I could tell you that one of the reasons why they failed is because they thought they could do intellectual, rational, propositional and philosophical enlightenment without God and without God's word. Whenever you do that, you turn yourself into a fool. This is what God says. The wisdom of the world is foolishness. This is why they become stupid. And that's what's happening to my country as well. It goes on to say, he said he wondered why they had fallen so far from reason and morality. He concluded that they, as a people, had been afflicted with collective stupidity. We call it today, since the whole COVID scam, we call it uh, mass psychosis, where men and women being propagandized were uh assaulted with fear that gripped them so heavily that they became paralyzed in their thinking and were not able to be as objective as they need to be to actually make a distinction between pseudoscience and real science and fear will make you do some stupid things you guys know that anyhow he goes on to say he was not being flippant or sarcastic and he made it clear that stupidity is not the opposite of native intellect Stupidity is not the opposite of native intellect. On the contrary, the events in Germany between 1933 and 43, which was the campaign of Hitler, had shown him that perfectly intelligent people were under the pressure of political power and propaganda rendered stupid. That is incapable of critical reason, as he had put it. And I want you to get that because many of you know that's what happened here, that many people who are otherwise thoughtful, intelligent, uh, rational people became stupid under propaganda and uh, political power uh, and they were rendered incapable of critical reasoning. Stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than wickedness, says Bonheifer. Evil can be protested against, exposed, and if necessary, it can be prevented by force. Evil always harbors the gem of or germ, rather, of self-destruction by inducing at least some uneasiness in people. We are defenseless against stupidity, he says. Nothing can be done to oppose it. This is why the proverb says, don't try to reason through with a stupid man you'll get a blot to yourself. When you find somebody stupid, as the proverb says, when you perceive in the lips of an individual you're talking with that they don't have knowledge, you simply go away from them. You walk away from them. You don't argue with them. We are defenseless against stupidity. Nothing can be done to oppose it, neither with protest nor with violence. Reasons cannot prevail. Facts that contradict one's prejudice simply don't need to be believed and when they are, escape Inescapable, they can simply be brushed aside as meaningless, isolated cases. This was the kind of stuff that was going on for the last couple of years when we were trying to help people to see through the scam of our government, our media and our medical industry. They didn't want to do it. Fear wouldn't let them reason through. It wouldn't. He goes on to say, in contrast to evil, the stupid person is completely satisfied with himself. When irritated, now that's a bad, bad place to be, to be satisfied with yourself. When irritated, he becomes dangerous and may even go on the attack. More caution is therefore required when dealing with the stupid than with the wicked. Never try to convince the stupid with reason. It's pointless and dangerous. This is what the big wigs use to run the stupid people out into the streets, like what is happening with the trans protesters that are going out there. They're stupid. They're not wanting to reason. And when people want to talk with them, they simply escalate into more inflammatory reaction and just want to fight. You you can't reason with them. You can't reason with them. Go from the presence of him when you perceive that there's not in him the lips of knowledge. Pray for them, but avoid them because they're simply walking time bombs. You have to be careful. You got to find people that are open to talk, open to discourse, open to dialogue, open to civil debate, open to rational discourse. Not dumb people, not people who just want to vent and even be willing to fight. the Monday edition of Lifeline got quite a bit more to go on that. But the number is one triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine, one, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. We'll be right back.
1: And now back to Lifeline.
2: Yes, sir. We are back. The time 536 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. This beautiful August day in the Bay Area, of which we are so blessed to have. We thank God for his mercies being new every morning. It's an opportunity to reflect uh repent restore um reset in our own heart and mind and that's why I really do enjoy being with you on the Monday edition of Lifeline what a great way to start the week we'll press into some questions in a moment uh two lines open one love to take your questions and comments and observations so that we can uh Take advantage of our constitutional right of free speech and engage the cultivation of our mind and heart, both by the word of God and by sound reason, because we must understand the times. We must see the world through the word, through the word of God and be willing to speak to it. God did not call you to keep silent. This is not a time to keep silent. This is a time to know the truth, love the truth and proclaim the truth in the love of Christ. No matter what comes down, Bonhoeffer, uh, Bonhoeffer says um, this, uh, this subject matter of, uh, of stupidity can be understood, understood this way. He said, uh, with regards to, I want to make sure I continue where we left off. Stupidity is more dangerous is a more dangerous enemy of the good than wickedness. Evil can be protested against. He said, in contrast to evil, stupid persons. Are completely satisfied with themselves. This is how you can know. When you are talking with someone who does not make sense, who is not clear, you know they're not clear. It's not that you are biased in what they say. You know that they are not clear in their thinking. You know that they are not rational and logical and coherent in their articulation of what they hold. You know they are no emotional. You know that they are um, angry, you know that they're confused, you know that they're anxious and and generally a person that's emotionally grounded, emotionally um, discombobulated and, and psychologically confused will sound like it in their speech and they don't mind because what what constitutes truth for them is their feelings, not the facts. And so when he says in contrast, the stupid person is completely satisfied with himself. When irritated, he becomes dangerous and may even go on the attack. To understand how to deal with stupidity, we must try to understand its nature. This much is certain, he says. It is not essentially an intellectual, but a human defect. There are people who are intellectually agile who are stupid, while intellectually... And people may be anything but stupid. I love that because, you know, we talk about just good old common sense and old folks wisdom. There are a lot of people who may not be able to run a series of coherent, long three to five syllable uh, um, propositional uh, statements or paragraphs. Um, They may not be that highly educated or erudite. They may not be capable of that level of verbosity, but they are very smart. They are very intuitively wise, very intuitively keen. This is called old folks knowledge. You can have this as a child. You can have this as an old person. You can sense and tell when someone is BSing, when they're seeking to deceive you, when they're lying to you. There's a sixth sense with people who are who walk in the integrity of wanting to know truth. You know this, there are people who are intellectually agile, who are stupid, while intellectually inept people may be anything but stupid. We discover this to our surprise in certain situations. One gets the impression, that stupidity is often not an innate defect, but one that emerges under certain circumstances in which people are made stupid or allow themselves to be made stupid. We also observe that isolated and solitary people exhibit this defect less frequently than socializing groups of people. Now, I want you to mark what von Bonhoeffer is saying. He's saying people that keep to themselves and have a sense of. Uh, satisfaction would limit community, not that they can't be in larger community. But in limited community most often will not fall for groupthink, for beehive mentalities. This is what Von Harford is saying. One gets the impression that stupidity is often not an innate defect, but one, one that emerges under certain circumstances in which people are made stupid or allow themselves to be stupid. We also observe that isolated and solitary people exhibit this defect less frequently than socializing groups of people. This is dangerous. His observation is dangerous because what he's saying is you need a level of socialization, but not such that you lose your own identity, autonomy and individual sovereignty. This is exactly what socialism and Marxism is, a destruction of your individuated self and a complete homogenizing of society under one group think. This is exactly what Marxism is about, to subjugate everybody unto one kind of thought process and not individually, because individually, there's going to always be a nuanced position that you take over against someone else. No matter how much you love them and care about them, even in our church community, we're not to walk in lockstep with absolutely everything that everybody else says. We will have nuanced angles that can augment, that can expand, that can edify, that can uh, complement the way people see uh, the same truth that we do. That's just called the broadness of the diversity of truth in its application. Everything is not narrowed down to one meaning and one application when it comes to the broad nature of truth. Plus, God does that for us to keep us on our toes in terms of making sure that we don't fall prey to the animal mentality of the wolf wolf pack. The wolf pack is a group of wolves that become much more emboldened to attack someone than if they're by themselves. This is what Bonhoeffer is saying. And this is why what's so dangerous today in my society is how everybody is on social media so much that they're really becoming a beehive in their thought processes. And you can see this in Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and all these other places where people express themselves in a kind of beehive mentality. And it's much more emotive than it is often rational and logical. He goes on to say... Thus, people, perhaps stupidity is less a psychological than a sociological problem. It is a special manifestation of the influence of historical circumstance on man, a psychological side effect of certain external conditions. He's so right about that. A closer look reveals that the strong exertion of external power be it political or religious, strikes a large part of the people with stupidity. Yes, it seems as if this is a sociological, psychological law. I've said this many times. If you listen to me, I use this terminology all the time. The power of some requires the stupidity of others. The power of some requires the stupidity of others. There's no way that your present president No way that the previous uh, representative of the medical industry, Fauci or Biden, would have the kind of influence they do if it wasn't for the irrational groupthink and stupidity of major sections of our American society. And politics can make you stupid like that. Yes, it seems as if this is a sociological and psychological law. Under this influence, human abilities suddenly wither or fail, robbing people of their inner independence, which they more or less unconsciously renounce to adapt their behavior to the prevailing situation. I'm getting ready to go to a break. But you must know that what Bonhoeffer just described Is what it means to be a teenager, ungrounded in yourself, so that the only way you function is as a yes man, male or female, to the group that you are part of. You are much more committed to the group than you are to yourself. The fact that stupid people are often stubborn should not hide the fact that they are not independent. When talking to him, one feels that one is not dealing with him personally, but with what is called catchphrases, slogans, etc., that have taken possession of him. He is under a spell. He is blinded. She is blinded. She is. Uh, he is abused in his own being. Propagandized by the spirit of error, as I put it. Propagandized by the spirit of error. Now, doesn't this sound eerily also like churches? Absolutely. Churches are foolishly engaging in groupthink, hive, beehive, emotionalism. This happens in the Catholic Church. It happens in the Pentecostal churches. It happens in the anti-intellectual churches where everybody is made to uh, engage in the same absolute, uh, unequivocated uh, mantras that make no sense. And is part of a kind of closed society uh, dialogue and terminology. This is what's going on in our world. By the way, welcome to the New Religion. That's what you're dealing with. A new religion. Neo Marxist, Gnostic, alchemistic, global, one world religion. That's what you're starting to see. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back.
1: And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are, the time 5.50 on this Monday edition
2: of Lifeline. Let me stop right there with my uh, monologue and rant. I hope that stirred your thoughts because we live in that kind of conundrum. Should we say something, should we not? Are we competent and capable of talking about what concerns us and what convicts us and what we're obligated to do in relationship to these trends going on in our culture? Should we protest? Should we speak up? Of course. Of course. If you see evil in the land, you should say something. As I stated, somebody has to recognize what it means to be a prophet on the wall, a watchman on the wall to let people know you do not hate people. When you say, Hey, that is wrong. You love them. But yes, often we have to be informed and then we have to pick our battles. And then we have to also make sure that we understand that the person with whom we are speaking, has the emotional, psychological, and intellectual capacity to have a conversation about something that most likely they will not like. None of us like to be told we're wrong, and some people will go to hell to make sure that you don't tell them that. And that's what's going on with our government. Let me go to line number one and talk with James from the Bay on line one, kind of get our conversation going. James, are you there? Yes, sir, PJ, how you doing, sir? I'm great, man. What's
3: up with you? Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's just so much from, you know, everything that uh, <clears throat> that you've been putting out. Uh, I mean, it's a myriad of things, and one of them I have to get with you online this week, about today, but I still want to talk about the topic uh, at hand. Right. Uh, with, with the uh, with, with the miles and everything that's going on in the education system, you know. <clears throat> I work in the education system, and I think what's also, I'm going to frame this correctly, was deceptive with the people that are in the positions of education. They've been deceived also. They don't know. I don't think they know they've been indoctrinated. Mm-hmm.
4: You know,
3: I don't believe they know that because generally if you can have a, take time to have a rational discussion with them, uh, I constantly work with a teacher who says he was born with Christian values and ethics, but he's not... But every everything he supports is of socialism and sure. And trying to explain them, you know, having them think a situation through, it's a situation where a lot of people like to remain silent, or they just don't know how to articulate their Christianity. That's why I was going over the uh, the class from uh, Saturday because I wasn't there; I was working. The, right. what to say, when to say, you know, how to say it. You know that you brought out. You know we we need that. We need practicing. You know in that sort of arena, so that we can in, engage the other side and you know in, in, in meaningful and courageous discourse, as, as you taught. Like we had the uh, the what was it the uh, protest last after last Sunday at the library yeah. and. You know, one thing I'm always careful, and this is just a thought that I had about provocation. You know, when you when you try to provoke somebody, they're you know our side. They're trying the the, the adversary is tr- constantly trying to provoke us, when actually we're the ones. To me, we're the side with all the ammunition, ammunition to provoke, because their 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 argument is baseless. It's not founded on truth. Right. So we can easily. You know, shout out, you know, provocatory language towards them. And that's what I was cautious of at the protest last week. You know, we had the truth. I was walking around making sure we didn't have implants on our side. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> trying to say something. Cause actually, to me, we're trying <clears throat> to win there, trying to sit down and have a conversation with them. And I, you know, I went across the, you know, across the other side and engaged a a young lady uh, in some meaningful uh, conversation. And I was drawn to her sign because her sign said, love conquers hate. So, you know, that was a way in. Absolutely. A a great conversation. She was a a young Caucasian sister out of uh, South Florida who actually grew up, I was going to say, in a domineering Christian home. I think one parent was Catholic and the other one was Baptist. Sure. And it was, I guess it was so strong on honor that, you know, she rebelled to the point where she ended up in school in like UC Santa Barbara, and then it has since moved up to Berkeley. So that can kind of give you an idea of her uh, of her pathway, you know, right. or what have you. And you know, she was trying. You know, she was trying to stand in the on, also on her sign, "Love Conquers Hate." She had the names of the individuals that were slain in the uh, in Florida. In the in the murder of the gay uh, the gay nightclub out there a couple of years back, you know, right. and those were the names, and you know, and, and of course she 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 knew uh, some of them because herself was openly uh, gay because she had a girlfriend there, and she was trying to explain to me why God wouldn't frown upon that relationship, and of course I didn't have enough time to unpack where she was, but the, all I'm trying to say is that the the role was open, the role for communication was open, the conversation was open,
2: if we learned how to do that. You know, that I agree, I, and I would say this while we are uh, mon, uh, we are accommodating the event that happened on Sunday because I got a lot of good reports about it. Um, generally, um, our people behave very civilly, rationally, and um, and cordially, uh, wanting to simply do that. Not only express our position and the and the biblical position, but be ready to engage people like you did. Was not that the fundamental tenor of of our, our protests uh, from your observation, James? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think the you know we've talked
3: about this. I think the frustrating part for me is I don't do loud. And it was both bullhomes and megaphones, you know, it's like, ah, you know, you can't have a conversation over those things. That's (laughs) right. You know, and it was like, hey, you know, tone it down so we can so we can talk So several people from their side came over to our side. And likewise, we went over to the other side and some people would engage in meaningful conversation and some wouldn't. But that's okay. We're making inroads to the point where one of the young ladies, I, I was at work, uh, hopefully one came out to Her name was Danielis, You know, we spoke with her. She was supposed to come out to Bible study that too. She did. But, she did. But, hey, amen. She, right. She did. Right. What a beautiful yeah. thing too. Absolutely. So, but that couldn't happen over bullhorns. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I megaphones. You. you know, you have to mutually engage. But you're absolutely right. It was, it, it went really, really well. I didn't like the way, the fact that you know mainstream media tried to, when they showed it on the news, they showed sheriff cars that came through there, and that was like that wasn't even it. You know that, that had anything, nothing to do with the whole process. That was just a, a photo op, you know, for them being like they needed to be there. They weren't needed for anything anyway, for anything unless something took place on the inside. Because I me and a couple of brothers did walk into the actual library before the event started, and my understanding was they actually covered up the windows and you know didn't let anybody you know else in but i think we got our message message across but yeah overall i think it was definitely a success and there was nowhere nowhere they could truthfully print that there was any negative issues everything was peaceful and i think everything was appropriate
2: I appreciate that, man. I really do. I gotta take a hard break. Thank you for the call. Um, yes, our, our group went out, uh, and, and, and we have a biblical position. A biblical worldview and a biblical predisposition when we do protests and when we do, um, uh, when we do uh, expressions of our constitutional right. I'm very proud of that work and we did see some fruit. I saw some folks come into our Tuesday Bible study. No, Friday Bible study as a consequence of that. And they heard some sound teaching and sound preaching, which is what I do. Uh We're not propagandists in the sense that we want to just haul type people and force them uh, into a kind of confession. No, we want to do what Isaiah chapter one, verse 18 says. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they may be white as snow. That is the appeal and call. An overture of God through His prophets to wayward people, and uh, and sometimes the conversation can be fruitful, and sometimes not. But as Bonhoeffer was telling you, and I <clears throat> was echoing him, uh, we we you can't do stupid. Stupid, emotionally dominated, overly emotionally driven people will do not have a sense of safety in discourse and debate. They will emote and they will uh, they will supplant uh, truth with fervent uh, ad hominems and uh, and pejoratives because uh, they don't have they don't have security in a dialogue. This is why censorship this is why, um, you know, uh, cutting people off today it has been going on from the top levels of government down to the present hour, because truth is speaking in the streets and wants to have a conversation publicly and simply air itself. And as Jesus says, he that is of the truth will hear me and he that is of the truth will, will hear the apostles. And this is the reason why we will be civil. We will be rational. We will be charitable and we will be uh, courteous where people will be that way with us this is the Monday edition of lifeline i've got um one line open one triple eight three six seven two lines rather one triple eight three six seven five three two nine idris when i come back i'll get you and then also leslie as well two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine you're listening to the monday
1: edition of lifeline we'll be right back and now back to lifeline
2: Yes, sir. The time is 6.06 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be June 19th, 2023. Uh, let's go to line number two and talk with Idris from Hayward. Idris, are you there, my brother? Hey, how's it going, Pastor? It's going well, man. Good to hear from you. I'll be thinking about you off time when I'm over at the gym. What you up to? Not... <laughs> well, you know, I'm over in Lathrop, but... uh.
4: I don't get to catch these uh, too many.
2: Hello? Yeah, I'm, we're here. I, we got you. Hello? Sounds like. Hey, are you there? Hello? Hey, are you dropping mm-hmm. on us? Did you move around, Idris? Uh, you might have to tell Idris to call back. Um, Miles, go, go to line number three right now. Let's catch up with Leslie from San Francisco. Leslie, are you there?
5: Yes. Can you hear me? Hi, can. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much. Well, this is about uh, governance and leadership, and Tom and I are continuing our star search, where we're, con- we're encouraging and training everyday people to run for office in the 2024 elections mm-hmm. or to support candidates. And we're looking for people of integrity and commitment. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of experience, but you want to have to do what's good for the community and not a personal gain.
2: Right. When's the next meeting?
6: It's
5: Saturday, June 24th. That's this Saturday
6: mm-hmm.
5: at 1030 a.m. And we're meeting at the Hayward Weeks Branch Public Library.
2: Now, is that the one on mission right there off of B Street? Uh, no, it's
5: at 27300 Patrick Avenue
2: uh Hayward the Hayward library uh in, it's in Hayward
5: Yes it's uh, it's a branch so okay, there's a the branch. main library and this one's the Weeks branch
2: Got it uh Weeks meaning uh W spelled W E E K
5: S W Yeah W-E-E-K-E-S.
2: A K-E-S, Okay All right and this is in Hayward the Weeks branch uh Hayward library on Saturday June 24th. at what time
5: 10:30 a.m. to 12:30 p.m.
2: All right. So, repeat for me before I let you go, Leslie. What we what are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to uh, get men and women to be much more um, socially conscious and uh, participatory in uh, their privilege and right and responsibility as American citizens, so we can uh, do a better job in in in, um, in, in social governance. Uh, getting involved at the local level and beyond and and uh, and uh, we have uh, we have uh, lessons and classes that we're willing to help people uh, engage in so that they can prove and discover that they might actually be um, capable and uh, and and called to to serve as representatives of the American people is that is that a fair assessment that's a
5: that's an excellent assessment uh, now,
2: now, can you give us a? Um, I think uh, I think Tom has an email that people can correspond with him at. Is it email or a, or a website?
5: Oh, uh, we have both, but you should. The email is the best, and that is info i n f o at tom Wong, t o m w o n g u s a dot com.
2: Yeah. Um, info. Um, info at TomWong.com, dot yes. com. Right. U S. Uh, no.
5: Info at USA dot com.
2: Oh, that's great. That's even better. Info at Tom Wong USA dot com. This would be for anyone out there that would want to actually investigate how easy or how challenging it is to discover whether or not you you have the gift of. Um, of representation, I, and I think you know this is really a good opportunity. They're going to be meeting this Saturday at the uh, Weeks Branch Library in Hayward. Um, would there be the information about that meeting at at uh, at, at Tom's uh, email address?
5: Um, just email us, and I'll give you any more details or answer any more questions.
2: Okay, good. I'll uh, So then um, shoot me an email, Leslie, and then I, if, if anybody email, emails me a request, I'll be able to pass it on.
5: Okay, thank you so much, Pastor Jesse.
2: All right, see you later. Um, we're just okay, doing our bye. civic duty around here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a lot of us have lived off the fat of the land all our lives, sometimes two or three generations, and have never, ever given back. So what you don't use, you will lose. And uh, as Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer made it very clear, he had to do something about Hitler um, and he was in a position to do so. He ended up losing his life for it. But his children and grandchildren will never be able to say he stuck his head in the sand. Way too many pastors have lived off the fat of the land. But God warns about being a sleeping dog and a a um, a, a dog that will not bark loving to slumber loving to sleep but will not bark such pastors will suffer the consequences at the great judgment on that last day um, let's go to line number uh, four no line number one I'll start with uh, with wendy on line number one wendy are you there
7: yes hi pastor
2: how, how how are you I'm, I'm good just, what's going I just on want
7: to- Okay, I just want to say that um, it is important that we speak up and before our rights are taken away. So as of last Monday on June 12th, Peralta Community College District, that they, they controls four colleges, community colleges, sure. still had COVID-19 jab, jab and indoor masking mandates. But because a few concerned citizens spoke up and the, uh, I checked last Thursday, the mandates were no longer on the website. So I Absolutely. just wanted to say that, you know, so it's important to speak up now because, um, I, and, and I totally agree with, you know, that that asexual, queer, you know, it's next. Because during the Maoist uh, totalitarianism, women would dress just like men, yeah. blue unisex uniforms, and their hairs were cut short. So, and I, we know that Karl Marx wants to abolish private properties and nuclear family. So I see that the laws proposed in California right now are to abolish private properties and, and, and nuclear family by taxation and regulation in the names of rights, love, and equity. So I, I want to know, you know, right now, um, just like, you know, Leslie said, right, um, these people who want uh, uh, centralizing uh, centralizing control, consolidating power and centralizing control, they're going to be going out there do ballot harvesting and, you know, pushing out lies. So what should we do as christians
2: I well, thought the question that I have. We should do everything that our constitutional rights allow us to do in the concept in the construct of um freedom uh of uh, of assembly, freedom of of uh, to to um to uh, vote, our rights to vote and freedom to participate in this process of self-governance <clears throat> through a representative republic. Uh, and therefore, to assure that our process for uh, self-governance through representation is not misrepresented or usurped by a a, a methodology that basically skews and gains the process, which we know has been going on for many, 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 many decades, way before um, way before Biden, uh, Wendy, way before uh, Bill Clinton, way before uh, a, a mes- a misrepresenting voting has been going on since the founding of this country. We know the history of it. We know the shenanigans and the uh, methodologies that have been used by politicians to to burn up votes, to add votes, to, and, and it's a shame that after all these centuries in the process of voting, uh, we haven't gotten better at it, we've gotten worse, Uh, And it's largely because people don't care. We have been able to entertain people into a state of, as uh, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer stated, a state of stupidity and apathy. To be stupid means you don't know. To be apathetic means you don't care. And when that's the case... You can have 10 people voting and the wrong person gets in because the other 90 people didn't care to get up and go out and vote. And so it's, it's a, a lot of hard work. But what we can say, even if we lose... We have done what we were supposed to do, and then we can submit to God in terms of the outcome. But I I sense your urgency. Obviously, I have it, and I have it for my kids and my grandkids. We have to exercise the present freedoms that we have in this regard. We have to be focused. We have to be committed. We have to be principled, we have to be biblical, we have to be sound, we have to be thorough, and, uh, and and we will let providence determine what the outcomes will be. What we won't do is sit back and let evil emerge and develop and overtake us, and somehow we say, well, you know, God just let it happen. No, God brings about the judgment <clears throat> because his people sleep slumber and fail to pray and fail to act within the context of their freedoms and their rights. So uh, we need to learn and then we need to exercise our privileges in that regard. This is the time to do it. We only have a few more years left. You are absolutely right. You've been there, Wendy. You know how the Mao system works. We are in re-education as we speak and people are being massively brainwashed for the next uh, captivating pandemic that's right around the corner thank you for your call gotta take a hard break we'll uh, pick up with uh, Alisa we'll pick up with Corinne when we come back two lines open one we
1: will be right back and now back to Lifeline
2: indeed we are at the time 621 let's see let's go to line number one real quick and see if we can return to Idris Idris are you back Yes, sir. Hey Pastor, can you hear me? Yeah, pick up where you were, man. Okay, perfect. So yeah, I don't I
4: don't know what happened, but the devil is a liar. Either way, um, I wanna uh just throw a couple of things out there and get your feedback. First off, you know, I'm over here in Lathrop and there's a lot of targets out here. And with the whole thing with the target pushing the uh the dismumps the, what they're pushing the agenda in the beginning of the month it was right when you walked in the target, it was big mannequins like you couldn't even, it was like right in your face of what they were pushing. And I was like, wow. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to call. I didn't really, I was just kind of like, I'm in here trying to get some out me. I'm not even paying attention to that. But I heard a lot of peace back. And then after a week later, they took that stuff down. And I went to like three different targets and I saw whatever people are doing is working. So I don't want people to feel discouraged that they're going to do what they're going to do. No, no, no. We still have a, a lot to do, so please be encouraged. Those people that are listening, your voice counts. Like the God bless woman that said the thing with the Palo Alto. Amen. As far as, you know, people being stupid, you know, it's like the word, the, the, the word discrimination against you is be sober and alert. You know, and it's not alcohol and marijuana. It's Some of us are so drunk on trying to be nice and not offend nobody and not shut mm. the pot that mm. we don't stand for truth. And I've done it myself because I'll be at work. And I found myself tiptoeing on stuff that is factual, and I'm not trying to be offensive. And, you know, it's like we, a lot of, we've we been conditioned, especially in the church, because, you know, we got some churches that, you know, but like like yours, where they just going to call it like they see it. they going to cut like a double-edged sword. But then we got a lot of stuff where it's like, well, you know, we don't want to, but uh, Jesus said, the house will be divided. You know, right. So um, the hypocrisy, and we got to remember the truth does hurt. But, you know, the funny thing is I work with a lot of people that are part of that community. And what really, really makes me mad is when I see them, and of course I be turning all of them, you know, I start off with, with love and everything, and I want them to get the right impression because I'm like, if it rips my heart to see this person that's going through th- these battles, these gender issues, based on the system that is constantly, that doesn't care about them, is exploiting them and using them for demonic reasons, it's like, it really, really hurts, it, it burns my heart because I'm like, if it bothers me, I can imagine how God feels when he sees his children being deceived and all these new, um, children are, are, are being pretty much brainwashed and conditioned in such a way. So um, I just want to uh, get your thoughts on that. But, uh, you know, it's always good to hear from you. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. God bless you.
2: You too, my brother. I'll, I'll take this off the air. I love the observations that you made, Idris. All three of them. Very good. First of all, <clears throat> I, remember, <clears throat> I remember coming to this conclusion, you guys, uh, when I was in the headwinds of the whole COVID scam. And uh, and and was feeling the pressure from various positions not to say anything, too, because that was a precarious scenario. You know, everybody was told that you're going to die if you don't take the shot. I mean, literally, your president did that and many others, politicians, crooks uh propagandists. And then, you know, so it started coming down to our family. And you also were told that you were not loving if you didn't take the shot. That that was wrong. It was not good. Um we, we weren't able to have a conversation around the presupposition to those assertions. But people felt it and and you know people backed away. I talked to a lot of people that didn't want to talk about it even though they were concerned about it. And we came to understand that silence is uh is harm silence is uh is dangerous if you're silent when you know something and you don't say it like god says you are accountable to that end and so like you're stating idris when you see people uh, deceived or you see people that are being manipulated and propagandized uh, love has to overcome fear even if those people don't get it Um, you have to simply tell tell the truth and, uh, and be ready to be misunderstood. This is what happened to Jesus and the prophets as well. Uh, and so you know me. You know how I frame things. I frame them biblically. If we are not a prophetic people, then we don't love people. If we're not a priestly people, we don't love people. We love ourselves. We love our peace. We love our prosperity. We love our position, but we don't love people. Um, and so, you know, and then we cease to be the church. And you're right. I told people this during the pandemic. I said, uh, the enemy is not immutable. His prophecies aren't uh, unchangeable. His declarations are not the law of the Medes and Purds. Everything the enemy says he, can, he will do can be overturned anytime God wants to use a handful of people to put 10,000 to flight. And so immediately when Target thought it would buy into this delusional woke doctrine of uh, transgenderism, their stocks plummeted because people knew that you can get them at the pocketbook. But that didn't happen unless people were protesting. The same thing is happening with the school districts everywhere now. Parents are standing up and saying no, and the school districts are collapsing. They are collapsing. You'd be surprised at how quickly, as Wendy had stated, how quickly if you just stand up and protest, they won't get by. And this is what you have to do in Sacramento and in Washington, everywhere with policies, and there are a couple of policies, I'm gonna try to pull them up, uh, AB 927 or 972, I don't wanna get that backwards, I'll get those policies up in a minute. You have to actually oppose those policies because there are policies that are emerging right now that are going to harm uh, uh, parents when it comes to their children, CPS, uh, uh child protective services are taking people from taking kids from their homes right now just because parents are not complying with this gender affirming law that's about to be given ab 223 uh and then again ab 927 i believe it is um where they want to make it a law that the children can actually practice uh gender uh terminology uh without the knowledge of their parents and that they can develop a whole new identity around these pseudonyms uh and, and and neither the parents nor the doctors will know how crazy is that that our government is setting up policies to allow children to be extracted psychologically and circumstantially from their parents. This is the Maoist re-encampment, our re-education camp that I'm talking to you guys about. Don't be ignorant. Do a little bit of research. Mao said, if you give me your children for one generation, I can change the world. Well, that's where you and I are today. Our world is changing radically because our kids have been given over to this Babylonian system, this Molochian system, Moloch is the God that the Jews offered their children up to in the fire, and that's what we're doing today. This has all started back with allowing abortions to be a a non-thing. Once we hardened our hearts at the abortion rates that prominently targeted African-Americans, this is what I don't, I just, you talk about stupidity. Black people seem to fall prey for the lies of the elite every time. They just like lockstep Pavlov's dog like like um, uh, Stockholm syndrome immediately when the elite say do this, they jump. When the elite say go here, they go go where they just are slavishly committed to not even working through. Maybe this is harming us. Um, it's just, it's, it's but then again, I, I, I must admit that what's going on is spiritual. And, and, and as much as we want to decry these things, people's eyes will not be open until they get right with God. Um, so I actually thank you, Idris, for your observation of the target thing and then to encourage people to uh, speak up. And so with you being in that facility with those um, with those gay people, having a heart for them and seeing through their external phenotypical expression and realizing they could simply be blinded. It's really true because a lot of them are coming up out of that gay queer community when someone talks to them appropriately and when the time is right and when God is in it, they're coming out of it. There's a whole movement of ex trans and ex queers that are working together to warn other children that are being headed to the slaughter by this lying system of, uh, of what we would call neo-circumcision, the chopping up of the flesh, the mutilation of the flesh, they're, out, they're overcoming that. And a lot of times God will let you go in so that he might pull you out so that you can help pull others out. We are in a spiritual battle. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's see here. Lisa, Corinne, and then Ramel. I'll get you Corinne first and Lisa and then Ramel on the Monday edition of Lifeline after this break. We'll be right back.
1: And now back to Lifeline. We
2: are indeed back. The time is 635 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number four and talk with Corinne from Burlingame. Corinne, are you there?
8: Hello, Pastor Jesse.
2: Hey, how are you?
8: I'm very good. Thank you for yes. taking my call. I just had an observation. I went to the um, that the Pride protest last week. It was my first one. Right. And I heard, like, they're not letting anyone in the library. I'm like, that's a public, you know, place. And I right. had to use the restroom, so I did go in. And it was intense. They were all masked up. No one was happy. It, it was bizarre. And I went to the bathroom and there was a toilet running and it didn't stop. And so when I left the restroom, I, I couldn't find an employee. I mean, cause they're all looking the same. And so finally I approached someone and I said, you know, are you an employee? And they kind of like stared at me and I, I, I I thought they thought that I was going to say something nasty or something.
7: Right, right. And they,
8: you know, and uh, it was weird. And I said, you know, I just want to let you know that in the women's restroom, there's a toilet that keeps running. There's, there's a problem with the toilet. And nothing was said. And I, I start to walk away. I turn to walk away. And I quickly turn back. And I point her and I go with a big smile on my face because I was polite and happy the whole way in and out. And Man. I pointed at her. I go, you're welcome. And she kind of was like, oh, "Oh, oh, thank you." It was bizarre. And the guy at the front door, I mean, have a good day. And it, it was they, those people are not happy. And it that's was, a that's hilarious. a great my takeaway. Last um, it, so, my last so, yeah, comment go is
2: going on. I'm sorry. Go on, Corinne. Oh, sorry. No, I'm saying go ahead on. I want to hear the rest of what you have to say.
8: Oh, my last comment is it, this is a this is starting. It started in the millions and it, it's it's going to hit billions of dollars for the doctors to transition. It's all about the money. They don't care about these kids.
2: I agree with that That's part. What? I'm I'm not always uh, persuaded that it's all about the money because there's a whole lot going on behind this. Of course, with the doctors the shallow ones, they're going to make money. Of course, this is a worldwide uh, transition, uh, no pun intended, but this is about taking as many human beings as you possibly can and unreeling them so that they can be a kind of um, uh, facsimile of the lie from children to adults um, no longer exclusively to these small communities of trans people where they are in the extreme minority Korean so what's happening in terms of the medical industry engaging in this overt practice of mutilation uh, and therefore now the schools and and the uh, and the businesses getting involved is to transform society into the image of this grotesque, uh, anti, um, uh, real, unreal society of, uh, of distorted humanity. And, and, and it's starting with the children. So it's, they want to make sure it's a normalized process that you cannot tell what is a boy or a girl, um, from a physical standpoint because it will be a normative synthetic thing. See, so this started in Hollywood, as you might know, with boob jobs. This started in Hollywood with boob jobs and all kind of other stuff that you know we took our women and rather than be content with what God gave us in terms of body parts, we went through a whole process of uh, enhancement. You know that's called enhancement surgery, and and in many cases it works. It has a benefit. It can be uh, you know therapeutically productive. In many many cases, this is a disastrous. Process. So many women have been butchered by so many wicked doctors, and it has ruined their lives, and in many cases, it's, irre- it's irreversible. And the untold stories that are already happening to these kids uh, around our nation is a travesty of humanity. And, and our government is involved in it because the goal is to make everybody miserable. And, and then finally to the last point that you are observing with regards to <clears throat> that side of the aisle, of course they're miserable because they're, they're swimming upstream against natural organic reality. And, and they, they feel like uh, they have to be mean mug. They have to be on guard. They have to be ready to fight because they have swallowed more of the lie than anybody else. Meaning when you start walking in the spirit of error and falsehood, you are more paranoid than people are not. You you are much more afraid of people who don't agree with you. Uh, than the people that don't agree with you because you're operating out of an unnatural disposition. You are paranoid. You are anxious. You are depressed. You are psychotic. You are um, all kinds of unhealthy things. And of course, that is what happens when people walk in the spirit of error. And this is where believers have to be sensitive to that complexity as well and uh, and make sure that we can approach people uh, in a careful and a judicious way. Uh, to be helpful to him, I'm so glad that you, as well as the rest of the saints, are being uh cordial, respectful, and happy in jesus uh you know as as we seek to shed light on what's going on in our world. we're doing it for the kids we're not doing it for ourselves we're doing it for the kids, and we're doing it for God's glory. Thank you for the call, my dear sister. Let me go to line number two and talk with Elisa Elisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. Uh, hey,
9: praise the Lord. You're you're Amen. just describing my old self before um, I Amen. accepted the Lord. So praise the Lord. I'm not that Amen. person that you just went over those uh, awful things. Um, I I'm very um, interested in the stupid thing with Bonhoeffer because I I read yeah. his, his book and um, it's it's an amazing story. And I didn't get the part about the stupid. I just got the part about the necessary lie. Um, Lyric. which is a whole which is part of the whole stupid thing. Um, mm-hmm. so when we were at the rally, um, this is the first time I've really attended a rally where I prayed through the whole thing and didn't take on my, um, you know, my, your, warrior, your, your
2: Amazonian warrior uh, motif.
9: Right, exactly. So I did kind of some Amazonian stuff. I, I went into the middle of the, the herd of the, the people the math okay, people. Okay, okay. And um, I was just compelled to go over there. I, I don't know. I just didn't do it on my I just went over there. And um, cause they were all in our corners with us. So it, cause they kind of evaded, but all those people were fairly nice. Okay. And so I went over there and they were like under that spell, like that, that which I understand now is stupid, but they were so like what Corinne was saying. These people were angry and they had this blank stare in their eye, and they had the mask on, and they just came over and surrounded me. Even that Donna came over, you know, it was nice. I was just praying the whole time, and I just kept asking God, you know, please protect me. Please just protect me. Just I love you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get scared of them at all, but what happened is they were like a pack of wolves that surrounded me, and they were trying to intimidate me to make me leave and i just there's there wasn't i wasn't going to let them intimidate me and i just kept praying and then another guy that looked kind of antifa-ish they're all kind of they're all misfits which is really sad because they they can't t- they're girls boys i don't it was just like you could tell they were kind of i don't even know what was happening they're just like kind of zombies sure so anyway this 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 guy with looking antifa-ish comes over and he tries to intimidate me and i'm like i was having no part of it because i'm there praying with god and i'm just not even scared
2: mm-hmm.
9: and then donna comes over and you know a couple of them went to go get her it was like seriously like the walking dead and so then um they just kind of lost interest but what i i'm having a little bit of a struggle with right now is um, I didn't want to leave because they were screaming at me to leave, to get out of here. I had no right to be there. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I didn't want to be intimidated by them, which is, um, you know, I didn't want them to win. And now that I hear the stupid thing, um that they were, they could have, they're, they're, they were part of, their eyes had this blank kind of zombie look in them. And they could just start tearing it apart. And so that the stupid thing concerns me that I don't wanna put myself in harm's way again. I mean, I'll, I'll, I love the rallies, but is it is it foolhardy to go into a situation like that, expect, I feel like I had God, but I mean, I don't wanna like be silly about stuff because I'm still learning discernment.
2: Absolutely, now I gotta take a hard break, so I want you to hear my answer on the other side of the break. Very, very good. Very good. No, not foolhardy. You did the right thing. I I can show you several passages in scripture where Mm -hmm. same thing happened to Jesus. Same thing happened to the apostles. You read the book of Acts. They were always surrounded by these mad, angry discombobulated you know people that are often walking dead i mean the bible is so clear on this uh we'll unpack that for you because you're actually walking in your gift you just need to know how to um, execute it all the way through thanks for the call uh we'll be right back after this break Ramel, i'll catch you hopefully before we close out this is monday edition of lifeline we'll be right back
1: and now back to lifeline all right, we have about 10 minutes to go in our program. but really
2: actually only about eight. But let me say this in terms of Alisa's uh, observation and um, analysis about how we should engage uh, conflict. This can be in your own family. This can be at your job. This can be anywhere where you actually are perhaps a minority and you are standing up for what is right. When you and I are standing up for what is right, the Lord will be with you, particularly if your motive is right. And that's why you have peace about it, Lisa. Um, And yes, you know, we do want to determine whether or not we're dealing with fools and stupid people. But as you know, there was a person that came to the Tuesday night study and prayer as a consequence. Uh, James talked about it, and so did Angelo. And then we had someone come out to the Friday study that I gave this Friday. So what often happens when the people of God are in the midst of the wolfish uh, bulls of Bashan, as Psalms 22 puts it, this is why Jesus says, I send you into the midst of them as lambs, as lambs into the midst of wolves, it's in order for us to depend upon God to keep us while we are harmless as doves uh, and and gentle, uh, harmless, a wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We are seeking to communicate truth. Uh, where people will wanna have the conversation. We are not trying to force our opinion. We are seeking an opportunity for discourse. And uh, of course, the enemy loves to front and puff up like a puffed adder, that's Psalm 22 again. And again, you saw it with the Acts, uh, a book of Acts and the apostles and the temple and, and what have you, the rulers hated Christ and they hated God, Psalms 2. And they would threaten the apostles, and in many cases, they were beaten. Believers are going through this all over the world. This is real Christianity. So you're tasting a little bit of opposition, of which most Christians in America don't want to have nothing to do with. That's the amazing thing about it. So they're not praying, but they're not witnessing either. And Jesus says they'll give an account for that in the Day of Judgment. So when we go out and we experience the opposition, um, God has taught us over 2,000 years how to deal with it. And like Wendy said, we're not not quite at the uh, overt, hostile position, but policies are being made every day in that regard. They sure are. And at a certain point. The people that are afraid now to talk while they're free to talk about it, they certainly are not going to talk when it's going to cost us uh, jail time and prison time. But we would have never had a civil rights movement if people were just scared to stand up and have a—black people did just what we did because Martin Luther King had a policy of peace when they marched. They weren't trying to hurt people, and yet you saw the dogs, you saw the retaliation, you saw the suffering. That's totally different than what we are now. Black people are not in that mode now. You don't see them engaging in civil rights for God's glory today. But Christians will find themselves in those situations, and even non-Christians who have a moral framework and care about their kids, they're going to suffer, as they did down in Southern California. We will have a conversation more fully about how to be in the midst of wolves and be protected by prayer and humility and, uh, and and uh, you know, and teamwork. And that's why I'm so glad you guys went out in numbers. And there were enough of our men there as well, I'm sure, to be a buffer so that you could stand on the ground of uh, your rights as a uh, human being. You have every right to be there, like uh, Corinne said, like everybody else does. And we pray often that one or two might be illuminated by the misbehavior of that group and the appropriate behavior of our group as we do it in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So I see a lot of you guys on Tuesday as we continue to unpack the scriptures at Grace Bible Church uh six thirty, six forty five tomorrow night we'll continue to unpack it. I'm gonna try to take one more call. Let me talk to Ramel on line number three. Ramel, are you there?
6: I'm here, Pastor, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. We got about two, three minutes, bro. What's your thoughts?
6: Yeah, I'll keep it super quick. Just first, want to commend Elisa too. I saw her go semi Amazonian with her big sign into the onto the other side, and I love I it. Thinking about oh, we're gonna have to jump in, right? Um, but she handled herself really, really well, and I just wanted to commend her on that. Um, number two, you probably heard about John Hopkins. Uh, university redefining what a woman is for lesbians, and it just reminded me just how stupid. Not reminded me, just reinforced how stupid this debate is, that is imploding in on itself. Right? even it be a lesbian woman, they they actually put in a uh, vocabulary glo- a glossary manual for their DEI uh, committee that a woman in a lesbian relationship has to be called a non man. And needs to say, they had to change that. People were in an uproar over the last five days. But it's just amazing, like you can't even be a woman in the LGBTQ alphabet suit. Everything has to be redefined into something that's opposite of the natural order of man and woman and it's just amazing Um,
2: it is is amazing and that's where we are today and people don't want to believe the Bible that this is not natural Ramel, the insanity that is taking place at the redefining of terms, I'm going to unpack this more as we go, this is a neo-gnostic, alchemistic uh, um, uh, exercise of verbiage. It's like a, it's a pseudo word of faith system where the culture now is speaking things into existence in the nonsensical world of uh, redefining terms and then trying to create it into existence by medical intervention and uh, medical technology. This is a very, uh, diabolical, deceptive, uh, very, uh, culturally uh, uh, militant agenda at the highest levels of institutionalism and and what it means is they mean business about getting rid of the biological male and biological female even if it means pitting uh, intersectionally the gay and lesbians over against the trans and obviously that is happening because a gay person uh, is not denying their biological reality and uh, and they're being forced to buy into stupidity, and I'm glad that they're pushing back on it because they need to. And uh, I thank you for that observation, my dear brother. I'll talk with you real soon. This is what happens when, um, when we abandon truth, you guys. It has happened before. It will happen again. This is the insanity. This is what God plainly said. The nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. And we don't believe it. Uh, and we won't believe it until it gets worse. And by the time it gets worse, a whole lot of people won't know what to do because they're not practicing righteousness now. You got to practice it now. You got to get right with God now. You got to ask him to give you a backbone now. Now, not tomorrow. Now, you got to ask him to give you the ability to walk in faith and love and not fear. Now, because people can't be saved by fear. Uh, we can win battles if we walk in love and tell the truth. If we don't, we'll lose our freedom. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Look forward to seeing you on Tuesday at our Bible study, unpacking some beautiful things there. And Friday as well, six uh, 6.30 uh, p.m. also on Friday at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. You need to hear the truth. You need Jesus. You need the word of God. We need faithful, expository teaching, and we need to be in the midst of our communities. We don't need to be on a reservation. Our Indian, our Native American brothers and sisters are sick pathologically because they have been relegated to irrelevance under their oppression. We must not do that. We must not do that. In love, we must be present. give you this piece.
1: Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications. All rights reserved.